Now, with the latest from the world of technology, this is the Tech Guide Podcast with Stephen Fennick. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading once again. Tech Guide. Well, without a doubt, the biggest tech story of the week. Tech Guide. It's a very competitive market, the smartphone market. Keeping you updated and educated. This is a device that combines a tablet, a laptop, and a sketch pad. This is the Tech Guide Podcast. This is the future. Wireless earphones. Tech Guide. What you see is what you get. Quality is obvious. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Tech Guide, episode 240. Hello and welcome to the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer tech news, views, and reviews. Thanks for listening once again. Thank you for downloading. First-time listeners, we're glad you found out about us and we hope you enjoy the show. My name is Stephen Fennick. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, the fitness industry and personal training goes high-tech and how the internet and DNA technology has made tracing your family tree even easier. In the Tech Guide interview, we're going to speak to Netgear's Arlo Director of Product Management, Demir Skripik, about the new range of Arlo cameras. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to road test the technology features of the new Volvo S90. We're also going to check out the Samsung Galaxy A7 smartphone and inspect Laser's range of portable power banks. And we'll finish off with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. A huge show for you, so let's jump straight in. Well, first up, we're going to talk about another industry that's going smart, even smarter. We're living in a world now where we hear of many industries adopting smart devices and processes becoming a bit a bit more intelligent, a bit more intuitive. Well, the latest industry to go to that next level is the fitness industry. And we've written about a partnership between Technogym and IBM where the aim of this of this union is to create what they're calling a human-like virtual coach. And the reason it's human-like is because it can interact with people using natural language. So rather than this, the reading data on a screen and robotic voices, this is going to interact with, with people, with people who are trying to reach their fitness goals, the way a, a human being would, would interact with them, with a personal trainer. So the, the platform is designed to be personalized. So these are these training programs. They're created to do a few things. To one, meet the goals that you want to set. So your fitness goals, that, that's something that any, any fitness program, that's, that's, that's its aim. But it also takes in, into condition things like the weather where you live, your health condition, the sort of food you like to eat, and also your your professional or work situation, whether you've got time to train in the morning, in the evening, uh, all those sorts of things. And the whole idea is to join that, to blend that with what IBM's bringing to the table. Do you remember it's a it's a partnership with Technogym and IBM? So IBM brings to the table its Watson cognitive computing platform. So it's going to combine that technology with Technogym's cloud-based My Wellness platform. So together, they're going to be quite a powerful force. So the result is being able to provide users with this completely personalized program that's put together 
gathered, so using data that's gathered from the fitness equipment you use. So the fitness equipment is intelligent. Your mobile data is intelligent. So you might ha- may have an app that's tracing your steps and things like that. So it, it knows exactly where you're at in terms of your fitness. So it's gathering that data from the fitness machines, the data from your phone, and putting them together to create your special workout. Now, throughout the workout, this cognitive coach is actually going to talk you through it. That's one thing, one reason why people go to a gym or have a personal trainer is that they can, so they can be guided through the exercise. Not only that, having that person there also gives them accountability. So they know that they, they, there's someone there watching them, make sure they do their, the right number of exercises, the, the right number of reps, the right style of exercise, the right form. So that, that accountability can still be present using this cognitive coach as well. So that's that's a really important part of the system where you could have the most intelligent system in the world, but if there isn't someone there guiding you, keeping you accountable, it's not going to be very successful at all. But the thing with this program is that it's not going to make personal trainers obsolete or gyms obsolete. They're going to be part of the process. So they are going to help with uh, the, the, the additional information. They're going to help to, to, to create even more personal programs as well, but also do things like helping their clients continue their training regime when they're traveling, for example, or maybe they're, they're training uh, out of the gym, somewhere different. They, they, may, they may want to train uh, at, their, at their work gym or at their friend's gym. So it still keeps them connected to their program, even though they're not physically present at that particular facility. So this is a really interesting concept. I think the, the fitness industry is something that's only going to grow as people become more aware of the benefits of being staying healthy, uh, being fit and active. Uh, it's a it's a growing a growing industry thanks to the contr- contribution of technology, the, the new devices, this new program, this cloud based pa- platform as well. I think it's really interesting and something that help c- helps keep people motivated. Okay? That's one thing you can only reach your goal if you give an encouragement and motivation and someone there to, to, to give you that motivation in this case isn't actually human it's a computer-based cognitive coach so really interesting concept if you want to read more about that you can do that at techguide.com.au tech guide. keeping you updated and educated this is tech guide with stephen Fennick. Now, I don't know if anyone listening has ever tried to trace their family tree Back in the day, years ago, before the internet, tracing a family tree involved a lot of legwork. I know my, my wife's family, someone in my wife's family actually went to the trouble, actually published a book about it and gave, gave it to all the relatives. But it was put together by tracing birth certificates and speaking to people, getting letters and, and, and piecing it together, looking up actual, going in person, look up births, deaths and marriages records and all these other records that were publicly available. And it took so much work. Well, bring on the internet and suddenly you've got the ability to do these searches from anywhere thanks to that connectivity that the internet provides. But this new website, or not relatively new, it's not brand new, it's been around for a little while, Ancestry.com.au 
has really made it easier for people to trace their ancestors. And it does this by helping you create your own family tree, looking up records, reaching out to people, because when you're you're tracing your family tree, uh, there are little hints along the way that someone who you're trying to look for may be in the records that Ancestry recognises. So that's one way of doing it. But they've just recently introduced... Another way where you can find long-lost relatives and be matched in the system with people who could potentially be related to you. And they do that using their Ancestry DNA kit. Now, your DNA is a hyper-accurate way of determining who you are. So uh, going all the way back to the O.J. Simpson case, DNA technology was in its infancy then. But DNA is what identifies you. Your DNA, if if identified, is like a 99.9999% chance of being accurate. Now, imagine with the Ancestry DNA kit, this allows you to submit your DNA. I'll tell you how you do that in a moment. But it allows you to have your DNA tested and then matched with people who may be distant relatives. And we did it. Tech Guide, myself, I I actually received the Ancestry DNA kit and I went along and followed all the steps and got some amazing results. Now what what, what how it works is this where you 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 if you go to the website you order your DNA kit, it's then shipped out to you in a few days. Once you receive it you have to then register it. So you activate the kit. So there's a code in there and you activate it. And then so you're on the, on the records there. They've got, they know that you've received the kit. That's the kit number. And then you go ahead and contribute your DNA. So what comes in the kit is a tiny little tube, a tube that you are then required to in, put inside that tube your saliva. So yes, you basically spit in a tube. And once you reach a certain level, there's not much, you don't have to spit too much into the tube. Once you reach a certain level and mix these chemicals and stuff together, then you seal it up again and you put it back into the packaging that came with it and then ship it back to Ancestry, who will then take about six to seven weeks to analyze your DNA. And if you are actively searching for relatives and want to plug up gaps in your family tree, that is certainly a hyper-accurate way of doing it. So your DNA, when they, whenever they test your DNA, and in, in, in Ancestry's case, this, this is it, there are more than 700,000 points of reference that they can, they can identify. And the, 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 those 700,000 markers absolutely tell you who you are and also trace your ethnicity. So the, I received my results back, and given that my parents, I've got a Maltese background, so both of my parents were born in Malta. I was born in Australia, but essentially I have a Maltese background. My, my parents, my grandparents, my great-great-grandparents were, were Maltese. And the ethnicity analysis w- quite rightly put me down as being uh, having Greek, uh, Italian, Middle Eastern heritage, which is Malta's right in the middle of all of those places. And it, it, it also said that, uh, that I had a, a number of, uh, it identified second and third cousins, so people who'd or also submitted their DNA to be matched. So it did find enough of a match in the D, this, this DNA, their DNA and my DNA, to say, well, you guys must be related in some, in some way. 
And so I found out I had three second or third cousins and 400, more than 400, fourth to sixth cousins. And I did receive messages from people. You are you're part of the community on Ancestry, and I, I received some messages saying, look, we might be related. I'm your third cousin on such and such, and yes, my parents were from Malta and, and, and such and such. So meeting these people and, and matching with these people uh, can help you fill, fill the, the missing pieces in the puzzle. And it's really interesting. It was a real eye-opener. Quite, uh, it blew my mind a little how, how accurate it was for a start, but also how many cousins I've got out there. Third, fourth, sixth cousins were identified using the Ancestry DNA. Good news is this week, if you want to hop in and get your own DNA tested uh, to celebrate St. Patrick's Day, they're giving customers 30% off the Ancestry DNA kit. So rather than it being $149, you're going to get it for $104, which is uh, that that's uh, $45 off. That's 30% off, $104 instead of $149. And that offer is valid until the until 11.59 p.m. on Sunday, March 19, which is this Sunday. So if you want to hop in, Trace uh, trace uh, your long-lost relatives. That's the way to do it. Ancestry DNA, and you can check out the website as well as my results at, uh, at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide interview. Tech Guide. Our Tech Guide interview is with Demir Skripik. He's the He works for Netgear. He's the Arlo Director of Product Management. Netgear, of course, our, our great sponsors. Their range of Arlo wire-free cameras have been a huge success. They've, they were released more than a year ago. But they've updated the, the line of Arlo cameras. The Arlo Go has improved. It has uh, better imaging, also better sound, movement detection. Also have, they've got rechargeable batteries as well. So you can actually, the, the one downside of the previous generation of Arlo cameras was they were, they were, they're wire-free, that's the upside. The downside was they required four lithium-123 batteries, which are about $10 each. So that's 40 bucks to have one Arlo camera powered. And when they last for four to six months, it can be quite expensive to replace them. Uh, part of the new range of Arlo's, they have uh, rechargeable batteries that can be charged either on an independent charger that Netgear will sell you as well, or you just take the camera off the stand and just plug in the USB, uh, micro USB cable and just charge them while they're in the battery. I also understand that there's going to be also lithium-123 rechargeable batteries also for sale, which means that if you own the the first generation of Arlo cameras, you can, instead of buying new new batteries every four to six months, you can use the rechargeable batteries, which could save you. They'll pay themselves back uh, within a year, I'd say. But the new cameras are really a state of the art. They've got better uh, better sound quality, so you you can it's two way audio now. It's got better motion detection also. So uh, there's so much more capability. Rechargeable batteries on board as well. Slightly different design, but much much uh, very big improvement on the previous generation. Well, we sat down with Demir. He was in town to show us the the Netgear Arlo range, and here's what he had to say when we met up earlier. Well, hi, Demir. Thanks for joining me. We're here on the Tech Guide podcast. Welcome. 
We're also uh, we're talking about the new Arlo range. Yes. Now, they're, they're, they are due in Australia. I did see them in Vegas mm-hmm. at, the, at the Consumer Electronics yep. Show, but the, the range of products has really taken a step up from the previous one, hasn't it? That, that, that's right. We actually launched quite a few new products, uh, including the new generation of Huawei 3 uh, security camera line uh, called Arlo Pro. Uh, we brought uh, a plethora of new features, including rechargeable batteries, two-way audio, as well as improvement in motion detection um, as well on the camera. So overall, uh, a whole uh, update to, yeah. to, to the security camera. And, and the, the security camera market, mm-hmm. particularly in Australia, is mm-hmm. actually seeing some remarkable growth. Isn't yeah, it? we're, we're among the biggest adopters of security cameras. That, 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 that's correct. Uh, the market itself is growing at about 42%. Uh, rate um, year over year. So over last year, uh, the market keeps keeps growing quite mm-hmm. a bit. We see also the next three to four years quite strong growth in, mm-hmm. in the Australian market. So with the new range of Arlo, so the Arlo, the, the new Arlo camera has got now, apart from the uh, better features on mm-hmm. the camera side itself, mm-hmm. it's also got a rechargeable battery, which is, I think is a lot of customers are going to welcome that. That's right. It's a t- uh, 2,400 milliamp power rechargeable battery. It lasts approximately f- uh, four to six months in terms of between charges. And uh, we've also included fast charging technology on the camera that allows us to charge the battery a lot quicker. Yeah. Instead of the regular 5-volt USB charging, it actually can go up to 9 volts, yes. uh, allowing you to charge the battery in only quicker. about 90 minutes. I suppose we should remind people that these are wire-free cameras. That's why they need the rechargeable battery. They don't need to be plugged in. That's correct. So these new ones are also still weatherproof. They're still IP65 weatherproof. They have night vision. And you can place them anywhere around your home Mm -hmm. as long as uh, it has uh, um, enough range to to reach the base station. They can go outside, you know, in your backyard uh, in front of your, you know, front porch. Yep. Uh, They're completely wire-free, so no outlet is necessary. Yeah. And I'm particularly interested in the new, the Arlo Go. Yeah. So this is a camera that it will have a SIM card, mm-hmm. so it can operate independently of your Wi-Fi That's correct. in remote areas. That's yeah. going to really open up the options for customers. It, it is a true Wi-Fi use case, really a mobile use case at that point. Uh, it works on an LTE 3G uh, wireless network. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, all you have to do, it's like an Arlo Pro camera, uh, so it has all the same features, Wi-Free capability, obviously rechargeable battery, IP65 and night vision, but it actually works on, on, a, on a cellular network. So you can take it anywhere. You can take it um, you know, on, on your trips. Let's say you're going yeah. on, on a trip to on a conference. You can actually have one in your in your hotel room, yeah. and it monitors your hotel room while you yeah. while you're away. It works exactly the same as the other cameras in terms of the app. Yeah. So as soon as it did, um, uh, the client features an app, so as soon as it detects motion or or if hears any types of yeah. type of audio in front of it, uh, it sends you a push notification advising you. Wow. So let's say somebody somebody comes into your hotel room when they're not supposed to be there. Yeah. Now you can actually see it right away, and so even you got recording. And yeah, you can you record you see the video and you can now talk back and forth as well and wow. ask them you know what, they're what doing are you doing there, there? <laughs> that's right <laughs> but it even worked like on places like building sites on farms and that's correct so all these areas where a security camera wasn't even an option now yeah. now you can option. actually yeah so if you have a lakeside cabin let's say there's no I wi-fi wish, there i wish i had a lakeside cabin <laughs> you can place one of these there you don't even need well, a wi-fi boat. connection i wish i had a boat too you there you go yeah well. marina like boats uh anywhere that really wi-fi can't reach yeah uh you have now an option as well to place a security camera Fantastic. so construction sites for liability purpose or even just theft yeah there's a lot of equipment left at construction sites overnight. Of course, yeah. Now you can actually have a camera there that's completely wire free. Yeah, right. That's okay. right. That's completely wire free that works without even having a uh-huh. Wi Fi 
photo of the nearby. And you're also introducing a solar panel too. So this, That's correct. This, so the battery on board mm-hmm. has the same rechargeable battery as the other camera, mm-hmm. but now with the solar panel is can just be a set and forget yeah. solution too. So basically, a lot of these, these cameras get placed pretty high up, right? And even even the, uh, if the battery lasts, let's say for four to six months at the time, you still have to go up and get the ladder yeah, and yeah, change the battery. Right. So with the solar panel now, you can just simply connect the solar panel to the camera and it trickle charges that rechargeable battery that's yeah. in, in the camera. So a good amount, like two to three days of good sunlight, uh, probably around three to four hours of sunlight, yeah. fully charges the Arlo Pro or Arlo Go battery, okay. uh, at which point you're good to go for another six months. So, so it's essentially self-sustaining harvesting the sun's energy to actually charge the camera so they're always operational fantastic and and netgear's also taken its camera technology and has produced a baby monitor that's too, right. a baby camera that's right so we looked at the, the different market segments and obviously we have now a lot of a lot of experience in terms of creating video video monitoring devices and we actually talked of another segment that really was stalling in terms of innovation. Um, a lot of the traditional baby monitoring uh, cameras, they just connected directly to the to the display monitor. Uh, they didn't go out to the internet, and so there was no way to check in, let's say if you're on a business trip outside mm-hmm. of your home, to check in on the nanny or check in on yeah. your baby, uh, checking in on your nanny. So what we thought, we brought a lot of those features that, that are great in the Arlo security product mm-hmm. uh, line to the, to the baby camera, but we also kind of started thinking about what makes the baby camera offering so unique. Yeah. Um, what, what are the features that consumers really want, the parents really want as yes. well? So we have actually added a number of different features that actually make it truly only one mm-hmm. baby monitoring device. So we've added an air sensor to it that, uh, that tracks uh, air quality. Um, as well as uh, temperature and humidity. Um, We've added a night light, so it acts like a smart light as well. so usually you have to buy four or five different products here. They're all in one now in this this baby monitor. That's right, and it's a simple simple form factor uh, that that looks actually very inviting. It Uh, does. We're looking at the... uh, the, You can put little decorations on the camera, so this one looks like a rabbit. That's right. There's one that looks like a cat. There's one that looks like a kitten, and there's one that looks like a Dalmatian puppy as well. The Dalmatian, yeah, I quite like those. I've got two Dalmatians of my own, so that'll be a well, not that I've got any kids to monitor, babies to monitor anymore. Yep. So uh, yeah, th- this is so, so I can log into this camera. So say I'm a customer, I've mm-hmm. got my babies at home, mm-hmm. I've got a babysitter at home, mm-hmm. but I can still, wherever I am, log in and see what the camera sees and hear what the camera hears as well. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. so you use the same exact Arlo app. Uh, so if you already happen to have one of the Arlo cameras, yep. you use the same a- exact app. Mm-hmm. You, you can access the video, the audio. You can see it wherever you are, no matter yeah. where you are. If you're abroad, uh, mm-hmm. you can actually now check in and see see your baby and see what's going on at yeah. home. And I understand that there are also notifications so that if mm-hmm. it detects noise, mm-hmm. so the, the, the monitor can also detect can detect the difference between an, a, another noise and a baby crying. That's correct. So we have uh, computer analytics mm-hmm. um, that are actually uh, on the camera itself that determine uh, baby crying noises so versus any type of noise. Uh, so specifically, if, a, if your baby is crying, you can get a notification alerting you that the yes. camera is actually picking up uh, baby's cry rather than any type of noise. So it's, we are continuing to invest quite heavily in analytics, uh, computer vision type of uh, um, uh, feature sets. So down the road, we'll be able to determine, for example, facial expression, yeah, if, right. uh, if the baby's laughing versus crying versus, uh, um, yeah. you know, just not in the mood. Uh, Parents will love that one. That, that's right. <laughs> or even feeding patterns, right? You can, yeah. like, monitor feeding patterns so you kind of know exactly so uh, what the can, right times are. So you know where, what times the baby normally wakes up that's and right. sleeps, right? 
wow, that's right. that, that's going to provide a lot of great information. Um, and, and the other, <coughs> the other cameras, the Arlo range, if you're an existing Arlo customer... Mm-hmm. You can use the new devices on the old base station, can't you? That's correct. So the, for one, the baby camera, um, baby monitoring camera, doesn't need the base station at all. Yes, so, so it connects directly. Right. It connects directly to you okay. to Wi-Fi router. The new Arlo Pro Wi-Fi products uh, actually can be mixed and matched. Yes. So if you have already an Arlo uh, Wi-Fi base station, mm-hmm. you bought the system, you can now just buy the Arlo Pro add-on cameras yeah. and six back to your old base station. Okay. Um, if but you the new base station. Mm-hmm. Has got some other features, doesn't that, it? Including it does. a siren now, isn't it? Yeah, it's a hundred <laughs> decibel siren, so it's a security wow. grade siren that's quite loud. So you can actually do something about it like, in terms of like security type of use case. So let's yeah. say somebody's trying to enter your home, yeah. and you get notified by the Arlo system. You get a push notification. You check the video. You see that person. Now you can actually do something about it and prevent trigger them the from siren trigger the siren remotely, wow. and it's actually quite loud. Your neighbors are more likely. Yes. To hear it, whoever's trying to break in is now okay. going to be alerted as well that wow. you know that they're there. Can you set the alarm to go off automatically once motion you can. is detected? You can, oh. yeah. So it's disabled by default because yeah. we didn't want to want to have somebody set up the cameras sure. and t- <laughs> accidentally trigger the siren. Yeah, well, but yeah, you can do, you can set it to automatically trigger based on sound detection, uh-huh. uh, sound triggers, or motion, motion. triggers. Wow. Yeah. That's really exciting. So we can expect to see these in Australia in the coming weeks? That's right. Allo Pro in the coming weeks. Um, the Allo Go mobile um, Wi-Fi camera will be available towards the end of Q2. Mm-hmm. We are working with uh, Australian carriers right now yes. to actually certify the product on their networks. Yep. Um, and the Allo Baby camera will be available in June timeframe of 2017. We can't wait. Thanks All for right. your time today. My pleasure. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. While public Wi-Fi airports, hotels and cafes is convenient, it's not always safe. Did you know that accessing the web using public Wi-Fi can expose your most sensitive information, things like your passwords, photos, credit card and banking details, to hackers and identity thieves? Norton Wi-Fi Privacy helps encrypt your information when you're online, so it can't be intercepted by prying eyes. So whether you're worried about hackers stealing your passwords or companies tracking your online activity, keep your personal information protected with the new Norton Wi-Fi Privacy app. It can be used for iOS, Android mobile devices, also now available for Windows and Mac laptops too, so you're protected across the board. To learn more, visit au.norton.com or search for Norton Wi-Fi Privacy on the App Store or Google Play Store. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennick. Tech Guide. Our first review for the program is uh, we're hitting the road on the in the Volvo S90. Now, this is a luxury vehicle. We drove the Volvo S90 D5 diesel, two-liter, four-cylinder, four-door sedan. Roughly about $130,000 on the road. So it's a, it's a luxury car, uh, beautifully appointed, really, really nice look and feel, beautifully designed. But our main focus, of course, was the technology on board. And technology, when it comes to buying a car, I think is a, is a really big factor. It's a deciding factor in many cases. can mean the difference between a customer buying one type of car, one brand of car, and another car. So we decided to see if 
the S90's technology can meet the needs of the modern driver. And I'm happy to report it did an outstanding job. They've really taken technology into account. Volvo's probably more well-known, more known for safety, that they were the, the safe car to buy. But now I think they can easily be building a name for themselves with uh, in-car tech as well. They've got a system called the Census System. This is an intelligent in-car system that can deal with all our technology needs. And it's all controlled through a central nine-inch display. It's like having an iPad on your console. And the, the, the having, having all that touchscreen control uh, means there are less knobs and buttons around. So it gives the dashboard a much cleaner look. So you do need to navigate the the nine inch display. It's got the four main areas of what you need to control: your navigation, your entertainment, your phone, and your other connectivity like messaging apps and things like that. That allows you uh, to to actually install apps and connect to to devices like you would with your mobile phone. Your mobile phone's connected for your your phone calls, of course, but also if you want to stream music through your device, you can do that a couple of ways as well. The display itself it has a black background, so it's non-reflective. Even with bright sunlight shining on the screen, you can still easily read the screen, which is obviously a very important feature for for the S ninety. Uh, the the four areas, as I mentioned, you can have your navigation, you can have your your radio playing, or some other other sound source, whether it's your phone or the car, uh, whether you're streaming content, playing a CD. Uh, or, or and the music plays through an amazing 18 speaker Bauer and Wilkins system which is remarkable and you can see the the tr- trademark yellow cones spread throughout the car uh, it does sound as good as it looks the Bowers and Wilkins speakers are remarkable tuned actually by Volvo and Bowers and Wilkins audio engineers the the display in front of the driver in front of the driving uh, the driver in front of the steering wheel is uh, there are no physical gauges so that is also a screen so it can adapt to what you want to put there so it will display your speed and all those other gauges uh, digitally, not physically. But in the middle, it can also place information that you may be using on the central screen, like navigation, for example. So you can see that information there in, rather than having to look to your left to the screen and actually down next to the speed dials. You can look at your speed. You can look at the music you're playing, your phone information, the music information. You've got that option there as well. It's also got a head-up head up display, which means it projects the speed that you happen to be traveling and the speed limit where you are up onto the windscreen. So as you're looking out to the road, in your eyesight is the speed and your the speed limit. And if you're navigating, it gives you the next navigational instruction as well uh, up there on the windscreen. Only problem though, and this isn't a problem that's exclusive to Volvo, this happens across the board with any head-up display, is that if you're wearing polarized sunglasses, you won't see that reflection. You won't be able to see your head-up display. Uh, you, you can, but it's really faint, so it's really hard to see it properly. But uh, it kind of goes against it a little bit. If you're driving on a nice bright day and you want to see your head-up display, you've got to take your sunglasses off. But not a deal-breaker, but as I said, a common problem, not just with Volvo, but across the board when it comes to head-up displays. 
Uh, the other features on the on the phone side, of course, you can connect your phone via Bluetooth, and that allows you to play your music wirelessly. You can also connect it physically, so there's an auxiliary in connection if you want to play the music that's on your device. But of course, this car has CarPlay and Android Auto, both of which require whichever one you choose, they both require a cable connection to the car. So CarPlay and Android Auto then throw onto the screen the apps that that can be used behind the wheel, whether it's your the phone app the mapping app, music apps, the apps that can be used, or you know, audio books, anything that can be used behind the wheel, you will see in CarPlay and Android Auto as well. It, it's a really interesting drive, this one. And, and funny enough, the C, there is a CD, the CD player in the car. And for the life of me, I could not find it. It took me a little while to find it. And traditionally, they're up the front underneath the screen, near, near the, the front, in the front central part of the dashboard. Uh, but it took me, took me a little while to discover it was actually underneath my elbow in the middle of the armrest. So the CD slot was actually in the middle of the car under the armrest rather than at the front of the car. So it did take me a little while. I thought there mustn't be a CD in this car, but there actually was. I just couldn't find the thing. But overall, I think this is a, a really nice car to drive. On the tech front, they've really delivered. I think this is a, the sensor system is really smart. It's really intuitive. Plenty of ways you can customize the system to suit you. One little thing, though, if you're a right-hander, uh, which most of us are, if you're right-handed, now, of course, we, we've got right-hand drive cars in Australia, so the console is to our left, and one little thing, and, and again, this wasn't a major issue, but something you really need to pay attention to. Because of the touchscreen, operating a touchscreen with your left hand while you're driving, if you're right-handed, uh, is a little tough. You've got to really concentrate, make sure you're pressing the button right. It, it's, it's, it's a lot different than if you have a, a knob or a button to press. It's a lot easier to do with your, with your left hand if you are right-handed. So uh, that took a little bit of getting used to being used to uh, working a screen, so swiping uh, and, 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 and gesturing and, and trying to get all those, those functions to work properly on the screen. It did take some getting used to, but nothing that wasn't too difficult. Uh, by the end of by the end of the time that I had the car, I was an expert with my left hand on that screen. So, uh, really nice car to drive. The Volvo S ninety, as I said, it's a hundred and twenty five. I've had hundred and thirty thousand dollars on the road. The model that I drove, anyway. But uh, really nice car. If you've got the coin or want to lease a sort of car like that, you know it's going to be safe. You know there's plenty of great technology on board and uh, could well be worth your money. But it's a really, it's a sort of car that, as I said in uh, our story on Tech Guide, is going to drive you into the future. If you want to read that story, you know where to find it, techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Next up, we're talking smartphones and a mid-tier smartphone from Samsung. Samsung is uh, a few weeks away from announcing the new Galaxy S8 and S8 Edge. But for the moment, they've released a mid-tier phone, the Galaxy A7. We reviewed the A7, which is the has got the 5.7-inch screen. There is an A5 which has a 5.2-inch screen. So if you much prefer a smaller device, there's the A5. But for our purposes today, we reviewed the A7. That's the larger screen device. 
and it is really going to put some pressure on a lot of those uh, Chinese phone companies that are releasing phones in the mid-tier. I'm talking your Oppos and Huawei's and ZTEs. Samsung now is playing in that space, and the A7 uh, is is a is an excellent device. Uh, it's got a great design, really sleek, uh, really thin, glossy color. There's a couple of colors you can get. I think black or gold, but each one has a really nice look and feel. Feels great in your hand. Made of metal and glass. Uh, it, it is uh, the sort of device as well where there's a lot of top line features that have been that have come down the chain and have been included in the mid tier this mid tier device. A couple of years ago, this would have been a flagship device. Those features, the quality of the camera, the quality of the screen, they were top line features a couple two to three years ago. Now you can get them in a mid tier phone, which is a very powerful proposition. Uh, the other features are uh, the 5.7 inch screen's got a full high definition display. It has got 386 PPI, which is pixels per inch. Also has a fingerprint reader in the home button. And one of the downsides I found with this device was that the fingerprint reader was a tad slow. It took me a little while to unlock the phone using my fingerprint. Uh, Some of the other devices competing in in this price range uh, have lightning fast fingerprint readers. So uh, I don't know whether it was just me having having a wonky finger on the button, but it did take a little while to let me in uh, much uh, uh, much quicker I found on opposing devices fingerprint readers were lightning quick this one took a little while to let me in it did let me in eventually but uh, it could have been a little quicker in my opinion under the hood you got an, an a, a 1.9 gigahertz octa-core processor that's pretty tough it's got 3 gig of RAM, 32 gig of internal storage, and you can expand that with an additional 256 in the micro SD card slot. Interestingly, the slots aren't together. There are two different slots. There's a slot for the SIM card and a slot for the memory card. The upside of that is that if you want to switch out your memory card, you're not going to lose your connection with the SIM card because traditionally what you'll find is the tray has the SIM card and the micro SD card together. Most devices have that, not so with the A7. Operating system-wise, you have a slightly older operating system here. You've got Android 6. The latest devices we're seeing are now coming out with Android 7. Not to say you might not be that, that you won't be able to upgrade, but you probably will be able to upgrade to Android 7 in the near future. And one th- good thing about this product too is that it's not overloaded with a user interface. The Samsung UI is pretty subtle, pretty clean, and pretty non-intrusive as well. So you're getting a true Android experience, and while Samsung are still adding their own little touches as well. The camera, 16 megapixel front and back. So if you're a selfie lover, you are going to like this phone. 16 megapixel front-facing camera as well as a 16 megapixel rear camera now the camera is impressive not as good of course as the flagship phones that samsung produce but still quality is good enough to produce some decent photos struggled a little bit in low light situations but when you use the flash i found the flash really even right you know you get some flash photos that are just it totally washes out the picture what this is it's got the right temperature the flash had the right temperature to produce nice even colors without blasting the photo uh, too ma- too badly uh, I thought that was a great result you uh, you also you can record video not 4k in this case but it can shoot pretty good high
high-definition video. Also under the hood is NFC. That's Near Field Communication. So if you have, a, if you uh, operate with a bank that has a compatible bank-issued credit card that works with Samsung Pay, I think it's only Citibank and American Express from uh, from uh, as far as I know. Uh, you can use Samsung Pay here too. Now the battery. I'm sure you're waiting for me to talk about the battery. It is pretty good. It's a 3,000 milliamp hour battery. That's big. And we use this as our main phone for days on end. And it smashed through a day without a problem, got past morning tea, and even almost made it to lunch the next day. So battery-wise, you're not going to be left wondering. This is a really good battery on board. It's going to go the distance for you. Now, the Samsung Galaxy A7, it's available now. It's priced at $799. And if you want to read our complete review, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. Now, power. We were talking about a smartphone a moment ago and its battery life. Now, uh, what does all smartphones need? They need power. And the worry for many people, and anyone with teenage kids will tell you, that the best, the biggest excuse they're going to give you, oh, Dad, my battery ran out, ran out of battery. My phone ran out of battery. I couldn't call you, or Mum, I couldn't call you, or couldn't take your call because my phone was dead. Well, you know what they need? They need a power bank. And Laser, which uh, they, they stock plenty of power banks. Laser has actually partnered with Tech Guide to offer our readers 15% off anything you buy through the site. So one of their big sellers on the site are power banks. And we went through a range of them on Tech Guide. They start from as little as $14.95. That'll get you the Laser Power Bank 2200. Now, the number value on the name of the product is actually the milliamp hour capacity of that battery. So if you're carrying around a device, a phone with a 2200 milliamp hour battery on board, the Laser Power Bank 2200 can recharge it 100%. So you can, it can give you a total, complete recharge of your device. And, of course, if you have a larger phone, uh, say a 2,500 milliamp hour battery, that LaserBank 2200 will get you up to 88% capacity. So see how it works. The bigger the capacity, if your phone has a big capacity, you can recharge at 100%. It also has, there's also a Laser Power Bank 2200 that's ideal for camping and the outdoors because it's got a ruggedized exterior and also a torch on board, a very powerful LED torch. So if you're going camping and you still want to charge your phone, you've got a torch and a backup battery in one. They've also got, Laser has a power bank 6,000, so 6,000 milliamp hour. So if you had a 3,000 milliamp hour phone like the Samsung A7, that battery can charge it twice. You can recharge it twice before it needs to be recharged. But what the Laser Power Bank 6000 offers is QI wireless charging. There's a little surface area where you just place the phone on that spot and it will wirelessly charge QI compatible phones like the Samsung phones. Uh, some of the old Nokia phones did this as well. The Nex- some Nexus models did this too. And there are rumors that the iPhone will do the same thing, having the wireless charging capacity. It also has physical USB ports. So if you do have 
happen to have a cable and a, a non-QI charging phone, you can charge it the normal way using a cable as well. The Laser Power Bank 10,000, that comes with a cable and it's got 10,000 milliamp hours. It'll charge your phone probably four times if you're out and about. No more excuses that your battery ran out. Take one of these Laser Power Banks with you. Lastly, the Laser Power Bank 6000 is a battery with a different difference. Yes, it can recharge your mobile devices. Easily to easy to carry around. It's it's about the size of a, a small uh, like an external hard drive sort of size. But what it can also do is if you're stuck Jump start your car. Yes, it comes with the jumper leads, which connects through a special port or 12-volt port on the battery. And if you've got a dead battery, this will zing it back to life. The Laser Power Bank 6000 with the car jump starter. It's priced at $79.95. Those Laser Power Banks, great batteries to charge your phone on the go. Because not often, we don't always have time to sit next to a PowerPoint. We're on the move. This can charge it on the move. We don't have the time to sit next to PowerPoints. We're about to walk out the door. Then a power bank from Laser will do the trick, will recharge your device as you go. And no more excuses that your battery ran out. You want to see all of those Laser power banks? You can check them out at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fenning. Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. And they've just released Orbi, the world's first tri-band Wi-Fi system. Orbi gives you reliable, secure, and fast Wi-Fi to every inch of your home. That's right, everywhere. No more dead zones upstairs, no drop connections through walls, just better Wi-Fi across the board. Orbi reaches up to 370 square metres through Wi-Fi barriers like walls, stairs and doors. With a dedicated internet connection, Orbi helps prevent buffering while streaming your favourite movies and shows. No matter how many devices are connected, you have ultra-fast Wi-Fi speeds. The Orbi tri-band Wi-Fi system works with your existing modem to maximise the speed you're paying for. Orbi's sleek design and state-of-the-art technology steals the show. It gives your home a superior Wi-Fi network that's both easy to set up and elegant to display. With just a couple of clicks, your secure Wi-Fi network will be ready in no time. For more information, visit netgear.com.au. Orbi, better Wi-Fi everywhere. Answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. The Tech Guide Help Desk this week is, uh, rather than answering your questions, I'm actually going to offer some advice. Uh, I have been asked, well, I actually have been asked this question, about the benefits of a standing desk. Now, there's been a quite a movement lately where people are spending day, a whole day seated at a desk in front of a computer. That describes your typical office space. And there is more and more information and research that indicates that sitting for extended periods is actually dangerous to our health. Things like you can, it, it risks health problems like obesity, diabetes, and even cancer if we are sitting for extended periods of time. Now, on average, we sit, so this is an average office worker, we sit for five hours and 41 minutes. And most of that time is in front of a computer. 
Now, what this does is it prevents, it, 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 it restricts blood flow, causes back pain, which is why the standing desk has become more popular than ever. Now, one thing should be pointed out that the experts are saying that we're not designed to sit for extended periods and the dangers of sitting down, which you know, think it can increase the risk of things like cardiovascular disease, muscular disorders, chronic back and neck pain, weight gain. Uh, it gives you a higher concentration of sugar in your blood. Now, all these are risks. Whether you're a gym junkie that is fit as a fiddle or someone who doesn't train at all, the risks of extended seat, sitting for extended periods, the risks of those of sitting applies equally to anyone, regardless of your fitness level. That is a real eye-opener and a real worry. So is a standing desk the solution? Well, there are many benefits. You are, you, you've got you, better posture, better blood flow, and there are plenty of choices to make when it comes to choosing a standing desk. Now, being, being standing uh, for, for, for times, I've spoken to people who have actually uh, use, who actually use standing desks for most of the day. They find that they, they, they feel a bit more focused. They have a bit more energy at the end of the day. They feel less drained. Uh, the, the monitors are more at their eye level, so they've got the, the, no neck pain. Their backs are straight, so they're no, no crouching or, or having any sort of lumbar problems with a chair. So there, there's some benefits straight away. Uh, but choosing the right desk can be a challenge. You've got to choose the right height. There's a lot of desks that can be either manually or electronically adjusted. Uh, make sure that if it is uh, adjustable, that it, it does fold, it, it does meet your height requirements. So if you're particularly tall, you need the monitor to be up to near eye level. There are also options for standing desks that can be lowered to a, to sit on a regular desk. So you can sit at your desk from time to time. Uh, and then when you're ready to stand up, you simply uh, raise it to your height, uh, to your standing height. Uh, make sure it's also big enough to handle your computer, your laptop, your monitors, your mouse, your keyboard, uh, and also allow enough cable so that if you're raising your, your, your desk to standing height, it's not going to rip, the cables aren't going to uh, pull all your, everything off the desk. So make sure there's plenty of slack in the cables uh, so nothing flies off your desk. And make sure it all can also handle all the weight of your things, whether you've got a computer up there, monitors, keyboards, uh, your mug of coffee, make sure it can handle that as well. Uh, another thing that uh, is sold with standing desk is a floor mat. Uh, it's recommended by these companies that you stand on a cushioned floor mat because what that does is reduces your fatigue. It reduces your foot fatigue in particular. So you may find that people who sell standing desks may upsell you to using a, uh, a, a to may upsell you with a, a floor mat. Hopefully it might be thrown into the deal. So uh, that that's the down low for a standing desk. Well, it's not the down low; it's the up high actually of uh, a standing desk. And many many people are moving in this direction. And uh, well, the, the indications are that it is a lot better for you than sitting. Sitting, they say, is the new smoking. I've heard that term used a few times. Uh, so this could be something you could adopt. Might make you feel a little bit better at the end of the day. You want to see that story? We've written all about it at techguide.com.au. And that is our show for this week. You can read about everything that we've talked about, of course, at our website, techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch with us, please feel free. Email us at info at techguide.com.au or there's a massive icon on the right-hand side of the Tech Guide that says, got a tech question? Email Stephen Fennick, click on that, and you can fill out a form and that email will find its way to me. 
We want to give a special shout-out, too, to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. Thanks for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.